0: You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers, the only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals, from the Wild West to the Mafia, all the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders, Bang and Dang.
1: Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers. bang dang here for part two of United Airlines Flight 629 Bombing. After we left you last week, you heard that... uh,
0: Oh, you didn't know?
1: The uh, bomb exploded November 1st, 1955. Exploded over Denver. And uh, we're looking for... At first, FBI didn't know what happened, and then we're looking for what the hell happened, <laughs> right. obviously. And then they decided that it was an explosion, checked a bunch of bags and luggage, and then life insurance claims on all the passengers and centered on a Lo one. Lo and behold. Centered on a one Dixie King. Daisy. Or Daisy King, that's right, Daisy King. And then, With
0: uh, the I-E, not a Y.
1: <laughs> right, and then the investigation shifted over to her son, John Jack Gilbert Graham. And uh, when we left you last week, he had just bought her a. Uh, they were they were interviewing him and his wife, and uh, he had supposedly bought his mother a um, a tool set for Christmas to carve uh, seashells and all that stuff. Supposedly, right, and stuffed it in her baggage without her knowing. After,
0: after we knew that he had a thirty seven thousand dollars life insurance life on insurance his mother, claim on
1: his mama, and then so. his
0: mother had two separate. Life insurance for his her daughter and her sister? She had
1: 6200 for for yeah, her daughter and her sister, yep. And uh, he's the one that took out the 32000 one on her. On her. And then, um, uh, yeah, so he uh, gave his mama a present that nobody knew what it was, supposedly. And uh, she didn't know that he put it in there. Supposedly cutting tools for forming seashells into art objects. Right. And um, that's where we leave off Miss Graham who was his wife, had no knowledge as to the details of the purchase of this Christmas present, however. However. She recalled that during the day of November 1st, 1955, Jack had brought uh, a package into the house and carried it to the basement where Mrs. King was packing her luggage. Okay. She recalled that this package was wrapped as a gift and was approximately Approximately 18 inches in length and 14 inches in width and 3 inches in depth. uh, She's a pretty good sight uh, measurer, by the way. Um, She thought the package contained the tool set, but she did not know whether Jack had actually given it to his mother. She assumed that he had. Why would you Mm, not assume that, right?
0: Right. and It's kind of weird. Further interviews, November 11th and 12th, with relatives and associates of Daisy E. King, and Jack Graham failed to develop any added information except on November 11th by a neighbor of one of Jack Graham's relatives. They're like, hmm. we didn't get nothing from the relatives, but this neighbor guy, I think he has this something. neighbor
1: of Jack Graham's relative too, so right. it's not
0: even like near him. Right. Just hearing people talking, you know, or whatever, you know, I mean, word gets around. Well, this neighbor advised that she had heard that prior to Daisy King's intended trip to Alaska. Graham was extremely interested in purchasing a toolkit, which he intended to give his mother uh, as a Christmas present.
1: So he's probably at this so point toolkit. He's probably at this point going around and making sure that he tells as many people as he can that he wants to uh, purchase a toolkit right. for. her.
0: I know he's want to give his poor mama. He loved his right. mama. He give loved his mama. And she was going away. Right. Right. It was her understanding that Graham had searched the town of Denver and finally obtained the type of toolkit <laughs> he wanted. Well, he
1: obtained the type of tool, cool mm. toolkit.
0: Uh, she
1: also heard that Graham had gift wrapped. Uh, the gift in Christmas paper and had placed it in his mother's luggage before she boarded the
0: plane. Why would he not gift wrapped in Christmas paper? It's a freaking Christmas present, <laughs> right? Uh, this neighbor had
1: also heard sh- that shortly after Daisy King left Denver aboard the plane, Jack Graham became very ill and his face turned very white. Oh no! Uh, she said Graham and his wife Gloria, 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 had apparently heard someone make a statement to the effect that an airplane had crashed. Oh no! This neighbor stated that she had heard Graham, upon hearing this statement, responded. That is it. It's a little strange when you hear that. Mm. That is it. Unless, I mean, the shock. That's it. That's, that's the one my mom was on. All right.
0: You know? That, that's it. That's the plane. Right. According to this neighbor, since the crash, Jack Graham had not eaten, nor he had been able to sleep. He had spent most of his time walking up and down both sides of, uh, both inside and outside of his home. Yeah. And as much as a description of luggage taken by Daisy King on her trip had been obtained, several broken and torn fragments of luggage were brought to the Denver FBI office November 12th, 1955. This luggage generally matched the description Daisy King. Hmm. I think This, this, this kind of looks like hers. Let's uh, check it out.
1: That's her name right there on this tag. Well, look at that. Hmm. On November 12th, 1955, Jack Graham and his wife, Gloria, were contacted by telephone oh. and told of the FBI's possession of Not these telegrams. fragments.
0: telegram? Damn. I wish it was a telegram.
1: Telegram? Telegram! <laughs> Tele... Uh, telegram. Mail, motherfucker! It's Telegram. Or what was it? They're that? going to Telegram. Right.
0: <gasps> telegram! <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What was the one on uh, Don't Be a Menace? While drinking your gin juice in the hood? Mail! That's, that's what it is? Yeah. Just mail! Mail. Yeah. Right. mail! Go ahead.
1: Yeah, contacted them by telephone and told, the, told them of the FBI's possession of the fragments of luggage and were requested at their convenience to come to the FBI office and attempt to identify any of the fragments as being portions of the luggage that was taken by Daisy on her intended flight to Alaska. Okay, uh,
0: whatever. That's whatever. That sinister Who's that guy? guy already.
1: Can is tell that Frankie? You can tell he's a... Is uh, that Jack, Franklin? Uh, Jack. You can tell oh, he's a... Uh, Jack Graham? He's a weirdo.
0: Yeah, he is. Okay. Graham and his wife voluntarily appeared at the Denver FBI office on the very next day, and the fragments of luggage were exhibited to them.
1: What if they didn't show up for like two weeks afterwards? But you said at our convenience. Right.
0: They identified some pieces of a dark brown suitcase as being the smaller suitcase taken on trip by his mother. They believed that a piece of red and black plaid canvas bag was possibly a portion of one of the canvas bags which she had taken with her. Mm. That kind of looks like it. Mm. At the conclusion of their identification of these pieces of luggage, Graham was advised that the FBI desired to interview him further concerning several aspects of this very case. Mrs. Graham was told that if she desired, she could return home to her small children. And she said, I will do I that. I will do
1: that. Uh, yeah. So they're like, Grammy boy, you're going to have to sit here. Wife, wife, you can go home. Right. She's like, you're damn
0: straight I am. She's like, Jackie, better not messed up, Jackie. Right. I not mess will up.
1: leave your ass in jail, Jackie. Better not mess up, Jackie. Mm, well, Graham was questioned specifically regarding the reported ammunition and Christmas gift, which his mother took with her trip. On her trip, uh, the information Graham furnished concerning the ammunition was substantially the same as he had previously provided, <clears throat> which he said she took to go hunting up in Alaska. All right. Uh, the information about the Christmas present was not in accord with the information his wife had furnished. Oh. oh
0: nice. Graham
1: stated he he uh, he had intended to purchase a tool set for his mother. However,
0: however,
1: upon learning that the type he had intended to buy was not suitable for the purpose for which it was to be used, he had never bought it. Oh. So now he's saying he uh-huh. never bought the uh-huh. present. But his wife is saying he saw her him come in with the wrapped gift.
0: Oh. oh I watch. Senior Duck. And and the
1: neighbor of a relative. Well, the neighbor just said that he said that he was going to buy it, but never saw the package. But his wife actually saw the package.
0: Oh, the neighbor said it was wrapped in Christmas present. Or she heard it was wrapped she in. Heard it
1: was, right. She never saw it. Right. Um, why would you not ask the wife what she told him anyways?
0: Right. Mm. Well, this guy's not very smart. Well, in, exp- in explanation to his wife's statements... Oh, Graham said it was possible that his wife was under the impression that he had actually purchased the tools. She said she
1: she saw you right with the gift right. She gave measurements. <laughs> measurements.
0: Graham was then questioned in detail as to his activities upon his arrival at the Denver Municipal Airport on the first of November, nineteen fifty-five, and he furnished substantially the same information as before. Wow, it's hard to to keep this. It's hard to keep a lie the same story. You know what I mean? I mean.
1: Not a simple one like that. Hey, I went to go tell her goodbye.
0: Right. He could offer no explanation as to why he had mailed to himself a trip insurance policy taken out by his mother at the airport, making him the beneficiary, other than the fact that he had mailed two similar policies, of which his sister and aunt were the beneficiaries.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right.
0: They don't know. Why do you got 37 and they only got 62? Right. And
1: why would he mail theirs to him? Right. Hmm. Hmm. Well, he said that he believed that he put these insurance policies in a trash can
0: at the airport. What? What is up with in as much? Why would he put these insurance policies in the trash can at the airport?
1: Well, supposedly, yeah, he believed he put them in the trash can at the airport because he had not received the policy which he had mailed to himself yet. Uh, he volunteered the, that upon his mother's leaving on the plane, he and his wife and son had entered the airport coffee shop to have dinner. According to Graham, after they started to eat, he became ill and went to the men's restroom for a short period. He believed his illness was due to his excitement about his mother's leaving and. Further, he said he the food at the coffee shop was poor. Uh, Why would he be know. excited about his mom leaving? I don't know. Dude. I think like, he's
0: I think guy. he's regretting what he's doing. He's about Obviously, to blow up a whole freaking plane.
1: He just became ill because it, it was only 11 minutes after they took off. So right. he probably knew that they already exploded. And he just oh, he got ill and he's like, oh man, what did I do?
0: As the statements of Graham at this time were not entirely in accord with those of his wife, agents of FBI were sent to Graham residence to interview Mrs. Graham and then to obtain a signed statement about the part of her story which was in conflict of her husband so ma'am
1: you're sure that you saw a gift approximately 18 inches wide and all that you know she saw the damn thing right
0: while the discrepancies were present graham was at this time told that he was being considered by the FBI as a suspect oh Oh, instantly now
1: he's getting at least they told him now he's getting more pale in the face well you know you're you're i don't think they let him go
0: He was told that he did not have to make any statement and that any statement which he did make could be used against him in a court of law. We all know that. Mm -hmm. He was advised of his right to consult an attorney at any time.
1: Well, he stated that he had no objection to signing a statement indicating he would voluntarily submit to a polygraph examination and further further. would sign any statements given his consent to search any or all of his home, automobiles, and property.
0: You know why? Polygraphs were never admissible in court, so it doesn't matter anyway. I think back
1: then they were still... Or they were considered, at least. But yeah, he's got. Cons- they gave. Him- he's going to give him consent to search his home, automobiles, and property. Right. He subsequently read and signed such statements.
0: Okay, so he's feeling confident. He's
1: Feeling pretty confident. Nothing's pretty gonna come back pretty to confident. Him. His
0: old lady's uh, uh, second guessing him. You he know?
1: disposed of all the bomb making equipment. He hoped so.
0: FBI agents were sent to make a search of Graham's home, automobiles, and properties. Is what we just said. During the search of Graham's home, a small roll of copper wire with yellow insulation was located in a short pocket of of some sort of clothing belonging to Graham. In a shirt pocket. So he had a a small roll. So it was a very tiny, little tiny roll. He could have been fixing a radio or something. Ah. This wire appeared to be the type used in detonating primer caps. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, okay. Also located. Why Why would he leave that in his this shirt? This dude's an idiot. Obviously not, because he had everything else. This dude's an idiot. Yeah, looking like Clearly. it. Clearly. Wow. <laughs> they all are. Also located was the trip insurance policy of Daisy E King, dated first November nineteen fifty five, on which Jack Graham which was the he beneficiary.
1: Already told the FBI right. agent that he thought he threw him in the trash.
0: Oh no, you're right. The policy was found hidden in a small cedar chest and on one of the bedrooms of Graham's home. Oh no!
1: Jeez, why would you do it in a chest? That's the first place they're going to look.
0: Why would he kill his mother?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we'll answer that question. But why would you hide something in a chest? Right. Anybody knows you search the chest first. Right. No, well, no. subsequently, during the interview with Graham, he was questioned primarily concerning the discrepancies in his statements and those of his wife and other persons interviewed. Agents were immediately sent to check the, val- the validity of Graham's additional statements. Upon their return, Graham was confronted with their findings, and on several matters, he was un- unable to explain the results of the agent's investigation.
0: I mean, how can you explain it? The dude never, never thought of a, uh, like a, a backup plan. So, when they busted him, he was like, damn. <laughs> hey, I guess I'm just- This guy's got me. <laughs> oh, shit. What an idiot. I thought this was going to work out better than this. It didn't.
1: Uh, well, at this time, he was also informed of the findings of the FBI laboratory and their examination of fragments and pieces of records recovered from the crash.
0: Okay, so they really don't have nothing yet. Oh, geez. He had nothing yet. Well, now they do. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> he just breaks it. He just breaks down.
0: <laughs> Graham then admitted causing the explosion, uh, which had occurred at the, oh, okay. the dairy drive-in. Okay,
1: never mind. No. I, thought, I thought we were going in a different direction. They here. thought it had him somewhere I else. Thought, he was like, I it's did like, it. like, you got me.
0: <laughs> I burned my old place down <laughs> no, to collect insurance. This is
1: what he is. I did it. All right. I caused the explosion. They're I like, left my beautiful- like, What?
0: Yeah. Yeah, at the, right. right. At the
1: dairy driving.
0: <laughs> He's like, "You're right. I, call, I caused that explosion. I'm so mad at myself. Uh, that dairy driving didn't deserve it."
1: At, right. And they're like, "What?"
0: <laughs> and he goes, "Also, my 1955 Chevrolet that I left on a railroad track. Well,
1: purposely <laughs> did it on purpose." Oh,
0: jeez. Then he finally admitted his guilt in the plane oh. crash and described the device he had assembled and used to perpetrate the crime. Oh no. He said that he used a time bomb composed of 25 sticks of dynamite, two electric primer caps, and a timer, and a 6-volt battery. Which they found the uh, label from. Right. A signed statement was obtained from him concerning these admissions, and on the 14th of November, 1955, a complaint was filed before the United States Commissioner of Denver by a special agent of the FBI, charging Jack Gilbert Graham with sabotage.
1: Sabotage. Wow. This guy, dude. He buckled. buckled.
0: Is that worse than murder? sabotage of a
1: plane i would say so yeah well while he's getting charged with sabotage he's getting charged with sabotage and probably later to be the murders i would Man, assume right. um this guy buckled quickly though all right they probably told him all the the laboratory findings and all, all that right. and he's like
0: Oh, I have nothing I'm else done. I can say about I didn't it. didn't think so. you guys would know, <laughs> right? I, think I,
1: I, I thought I'd have a little bit more time know. than this. <laughs> could
0: you just pick up all the scrap metal, throw it in a pile?
1: <laughs> I Not. didn't think. I didn't think there'd be any investigation at all. <laughs>
0: you <laughs> dummy! You
1: idiot! Oh, jeez! Uh, Graham thereafter appeared before the United States Commissioner, where he was advised of the charges against him and afforded an opportunity to make bond. Uh, which was recommended Whoa. by the United States Attorney at 100000 So he 10% made, of that, only 10000 He made bond? Jeez. He was committed to the custody of the United States Marshal in lieu of bond. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, on November 17, 1955, Graham was charged with murder in the state court at Denver, Colorado, and was held without bail for future hearings. Nice. He was charged with the murder of his mother, Miss Daisy E. King,
0: at age, age 54. She just wanted to see the wild. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, she already did, though. <sighs> just wanted to see a little bit more of it.
0: Well, subsequent to the arrest of Graham, investigation was instituted to locate the source of items used by him in the making of the time bomb. This investigation resulted in locating, on November 17th... Dude, this is quick. This is two weeks after. Right. They located a supply company in Denver, where Graham was identified as having purchased, on the 26th of October, a 60-minute on-type timing device... Which he exchanged a few days later for a 60-minute off-type timing device, which I have no idea what either yeah, I of those are.
1: Why are people selling uh, timing devices right. anyways? Right. What's an on-type or off-type? I have no idea. I don't know. I can't find nothing on it. It's got to do with watches and timing, though, obviously. All right.
0: Okay. Whatever. Mm.
1: On-type, off-type? I don't know. Maybe on-type you have to do it manually? Maybe. Off-type, maybe you can do it You can off-type. right. You can
0: set it and leave it. Huh.
1: Well, November 19, nineteen fifty-five, a store manager at Kremlin, Colorado, uh, recalled selling twenty or 25-6 of dynamite. You just who we'll just where did you just buy dynamite from?
0: Well, in Colorado, you're very
1: miners or something. Eh, I don't yeah, know whatever. And two electric blasting caps to an individual during October of nineteen fifty-five. The store manager believed that Graham was identical with the individual to whom the individual to whom he had sold it to. And the caps. On November 21st, right. 1955, the manager identified Graham from a lineup as being identical with the individual who purchased the dynamite and nice. blasting caps from him during October. I mean, come
0: on. So. You're going to remember somebody coming in and buying 25 sticks of dynamite. Right. Dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. 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 You would think so.
1: I don't know, though. Right. Where the, who the hell just sells dynamite?
0: Well, back then, I guess. Of considerable interest in the investigation of this case was a story of Jack Graham's background as related by his half-sister.
1: Oh, you know know this half-sister hates him, too, dude.
0: She stated that she had never at any time in recent years felt at ease with Graham. Oh, yep. See? He was sullen. She knew him to have pent-up violence. Mm -hmm. She simply did not like to be around him. Oh, yep. She said that in the past he had related things which he thought funny, but which she considered violent and warped. Oh, dark comedy, huh? For example... When he was residing with her and her husband in Alaska, he had been employed as a drag line operator for the CAA, and on one occasion, he had told them that he had experienced some difficulty in loosening a bolt from some equipment, so he obtained some dynamite and blew off the bolt. Why is that? How's that violent right. work? I mean, he couldn't get it off, so he, he could get
1: it off. So he's like, "I'm gonna he's like, "I'm gonna destroy the whole fucking thing!" And <laughs> <laughs> got <laughs> you up <laughs> down didn't I? Yeah, no. He, a- he finds the wreckage and the boat still fast <laughs> in <and> that <laughs> spot in <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know about violent. Uh, I mean, I guess I mean, that is pretty violent, Maybe. but Maybe. I mean,
1: it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> as a further example, she recalled that since the United Airlines plane crash, he had stated to her and his wife Gloria as if it were a joke can't you just see those shotgun shells going off in the plane every which way and the pilots, passengers, and grandma jumping around? Oh, no. Oh, geez, what a sick passing. Yeah, that is sick. Uh, his sister stated she had for many years thought Graham was not mentally sound. She had expressed this opinion to both her husband and another relative of Graham's. Um, she recalled that on at least two occasions in the past, she had been the object of her brother's violent temper. On one occasion, he had knocked her down and kneed her in the chest so severely that her ribs were injured.
0: Dang. this guy is a psycho. Dang. I mean, obviously he is. On another account, he had threatened to hit her with a hammer. Oh, no. And she had escaped by locking herself in a room. She recalled that during the summer of 1955, Graham Graham awoke from sleeping and found his wife gone. He located his wife playing cards with his sister and his mother, and for no apparent reason became enraged and cuffed and oh, backhanded geez. his wife several times. Dang! During this occurrence, Daisy King had become extremely frightened, apparently afraid he might hit oh, her shit. herself. Dang! The this dude's just—dude's just, like, wait oh, a minute! How how dare you play cards while I'm sleeping? Why did it take so long to get
1: out? <laughs> I was gonna say, why didn't the wife? I was gonna say the wife never testified about him being. Uh,
0: a right. dick like that either? He never went to jail or anything? What Jeez. the? Domestic violence and all that good Hand-cuffing
1: stuff? Handcuffing her and smacking the shit out of her. I back then, 1955, uh, I nobody guess. went to jail for um,
0: domestic violence. Well,
1: after two continuances, Graham was arraigned in Denver District Court on December 9, 1955. Immediately after his arrest, he had transferred most of his property to his wife, declared himself unable to pay for counsel, and accepted the services of three prominent Denver attorneys appointed by the court. Okay. The prominent ones? They usually don't do prominent attorneys. No.
0: Hmm. Wow, the state of Colorado charged Graham with murder of his mother.
1: What about the other 40?
0: His, plea, uh, his pleas were innocent and innocent by reason of insanity before, during, and after the alleged commission of the crime. So, he,
1: Well, his sister kind of confirmed it for him, right? Right.
0: The court accepted only the pleas of innocent and innocent by reason of insanity. At the time. At the time, not before.
1: before or after.
0: Whatever. They can get him so premeditated, right? Exactly.
1: They can say he planned it out. And
0: then turned crazy by planning it All out. Right. I don't
1: know. Well, he was ordered to Colorado Psychopathic Hospital for examination by two defense and two court-appointed psychiatrists. During the course of an interview with one of the doctors, he made a claim concerning his confession of the crime. He says that while being interviewed by the Denver FBI agents, he had noticed on the wall of the FBI office a photograph picturing the apprehension of Nazi saboteurs who had landed on the Florida coast during World War II. Hmm. He said he had noticed that uh, in the picture... Agents digging up a cache of explosives, and this picture had given him the idea of confessing that he had used dynamite to blow up the United Airlines plane. What? Now, okay, so let's go back in that office where he was interviewed and see if that picture's there.
0: Right. Hmm. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because Graham was found legally sane by all four psychiatrists and returned to Denver County Jail. He was a model prisoner. His days in jail were spent quietly reading and chatting with the guards. After dinner on the evening of the 10th of February, 1956, about 5.30 p.m., a deputy sheriff was attracted to Graham's cell by the sound of heavy breathing. The prisoner was slumped on the floor.
1: His socks were tight. His socks were twisted tightly around his neck with a piece of rolled cardboard used to get added leverage. Oh, dang. <laughs> Quickly, the guard loosened the garret. Uh, a doctor was summoned immediately, and sedatives were uh, Sedative. Sedatives were administered. <laughs> uh, Graham was placed in a straight jacket. Sub- oh, so he wasn't even dead? No. Uh, he was placed in a straitjacket to subdue him through the night.
0: Right, again, through this panic attack.
1: Right. The following day, he was again returned to the psychiatric ward in the Colorado General Hospital where he was strapped to bed with four guards posted nearby.
0: Okay, so he had to figure out a way to make him believe he was. I think. I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Or either that or he knows he's just going to die in prison, so he decided to kill himself anyway.
0: Not even that. You make it seem like he's crazy. He can die in a uh, crazy home.
1: I guess. Not be locked up in bars. All right, but
0: be medicated.
1: Medicated and around a bunch of legit crazies.
0: All right. No more chances we're going to be taken with him now. (laughs) Graham was under 24-hour surveillance by watchful attendance. Mm. The psychiatrist again began to talk with him. He was quite communicative and talked freely about himself. About
1: himself. Hmm. He said his confession of the murder of the people on the plane was quite true this time, he
0: says.
1: He said that after he had decided definitely to murder his mother, he had bought a timer and some dynamite and fashioned a homemade bomb. He had assembled the bomb, and while his mother was busy with last-minute details of her trip, he had slipped it into her old battered suitcase and fastened the suitcase with some extra webbing for security. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, this guy... Hmm. He might be crazy. I didn't do it. I saw a picture. Yeah, he thought it was a good uh, defense. I saw the picture and uh, right. decided to confess. Like, right. Why would you do that?
0: You he idiot. said they then left for the airport. His wife and children had gone along to see his grandmother off. Graham had dropped his mother and family off at the door to the terminal before taking the car to the parking lot. Before removing the suitcase from the car, he had set the timer on the bomb. Uh, he was like, you go ahead. I'll get uh, your stuff. All right. He had next taken his mother's luggage to the weighing counter for weighing before it was placed on the plane. Mm.
1: Wow. Well, the doctors, curious as to his feelings about the crime, were told by him that he realized that there were about 50 or 60 people carried on board. But the number of people to be killed made no difference to me. It could have been a thousand, he says. Oh, wow. When their time comes, there's nothing they can do about it. Oh, geez. jeez, oh, man. Graham said it was a great relief to tell doctor about it because tell the doctor about it, because he had been quite conscious stricken. Right. Now
0: somebody knows. Uh, now now somebody
1: knows his right. real plans. You don't and have to hide it
0: right, anymore.
1: It's so a weight off my chest. Mm-hmm. The dude didn't even care about the other. You, dude, you could have just hit your mom in the head with a hammer and been done with it. You got to right. involve
0: 43 other people. Right. For no reason. Impossible. Whatever. Uh, on the ground. Right. On. right. 24th, February, 1956. Graham dropped the insanity plea and was returned again to Denver County Jail. The judge set uh, April 16th for his trial. The Colorado Supreme Court in December of 1955 had imposed a ban on any photocra- photography in Colorado State Courts. Oh, no no, uh, no photographs, huh? Mm. In accordance with Canon 35 of the American Bar Association. They said, we can't do it. Right. Canon 35 of the American Bar yeah, Association. So it's in there. Right. Uh, following public hearings, the Supreme Court reversed this decision. Ooh, the
1: Supreme Court's like, yeah, we're going to document all of this. We got to, guys. Everybody needs to know what sick kind of individual this right. guy was, apparently,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Now the judge is like, you know what I got to do with? You know what I got to well, do with?
1: The judge now had a prerogative in the matter of news media. The judge, who later presided at the trialogram ruled against live television coverage, but in favor of sound on film, okay. press p- photography, and radio broadcasts. Graham, through his attorneys, requested that the television cameras be banned from his trial. Right. Pussy. The judge ruled to permit some of, the judge ruled to permit some and to ban others, however. However. The judge added that if if any witness wanted to be not photographed, they had to say, I don't want to be photographed, and uh, their wishes would be respected. Graham was the only person who actually made this request during the trial. Wow. Of course he was. The judge had a remote control switch on the bench, which enabled him to cut off the camera when necessary. Oh, Look at you, judge! Look at that. Yeah, nineteen fifty six, and they're just—he's like, click. Yeah,
0: isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Wow. A booth was built in the back corner of the courtroom for camera equipment.
1: Dang, dude, they had to uh, uh, re-renovate the whole damn courtroom right. just for television cameras. Right.
0: One local newspaper installed a direct telephone line from the court to its editorial room. Jeez. Nice. Representatives of the wire services installed teletype machines and telephones, and specially provided city hall space near the courtroom. A limited number of photographers, including some representing national coverage, received written permission to use small cameras without flash attachments. Mm. No flash.
1: No flash. But you can take. You can. All you hear is. The trial set an all-time record for the state of Colorado and the number of jurors examined. Oh. And all 231 were called. Dang. The two main objections. You know what? I think
0: they're like, we need to get this right. A lot of stuff's going on. Uh, uh, nothing wrong with you, FBI, but uh, you need you stepped up your game here right. finally. Right. But we well, need to make God. sure this is right.
1: This is like the first case we had where the FBI didn't drop <laughs> the right. ball in some way or another. Right. Uh, two hundred thirty-one were called. The two main objections to panel members being that they had fixed opinions on Graham's guilt or innocence, and that they were opposed to capital punishment. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they're probably like, "Do you believe in the death penalty?" Right. No. Well, you're out of here. Yeah. You can't have the. You can't have you guys here. Right.
0: The final jury represented a cross-section of American life. It included two housewives, one a former beauty queen. Don't know why that matters. Two typists. Okay. A movie executive. All right. An engineer. Oh. A truck driver. Oh. A sales lady. A telephone man. A lithographer. A bookkeeper. And a salesman. Well, good wow, for them. Every aspect. Look at that.
1: Every aspect of uh, life. All right.
0: Ladies on the panel asked for a sewing machine for their dormitory, while the men played cards and checkers in their spare time. <laughs> mm, can I, hey, what do you guys need? A sewing machine would be so nice.
1: <laughs> what do you need, see? Uh I'll take some cards, some checkers, and uh, some... Some alcohol. Sh- what is that? What is the, uh, the beer? Schloss? 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 Scholz or something? Schloss <laughs> or something, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, and my. some
1: cigars, hey? Eh? Yeah, on the first day, and almost throughout the trial, hundreds of people waited for hours in the halls outside the courtroom, hoping for a chance to get seats. They brought their lunches, afraid to leave the room for fear of in their places. Oh,
0: no, Pulled it's feet, a Star Wars seat. premiere. All
1: right. The guard at the door, however, saved I'll a seat for one woman <laughs> who arrived promptly at 9 a.m. each morning. Oh,
0: ain't that nice oh, good for her?
1: She was un- she was an un- oh she was an attractive oh, young looking was. woman. Of course, the wife of the United Airlines pilot of the ill fated flight. Oh man. Oh okay. She said, "Why does it matter what she looks like?" All right. She sat only a few feet from Graham throughout the trial. Who cares if she was young and attractive?
0: Right, Grandma all, was, you,
1: all you had to say is she was the wife.
0: Right. Grandma was apparently supremely calm and unconcerned during the proceedings. Of course he was. He had lost weight since his arrest. Of course he did. But he still looked healthy. Of course he did. He wasn't thin. No, of course he wasn't.
1: <laughs> he wore a neat suit each day. Well, of course he did. Right.
0: He slouched in his chair. Mm-hmm. He chewed gum. Chewed
1: gum. The judge should have made it. You, chewed right. that, you spit that gum out in my courtroom. He should have held his hand right. out. <laughs> Come on. If you don't have enough for the whole for the whole courtroom,
0: right? While chewing his gum, occasionally conferred with his attorneys. The district attorney in his opening statement to the jury said that the state would prove Jack Graham had planned the murder of his mother Daisy E. King coldly, carefully, and deliberately.
1: Well, f- we already know this already,
0: right? He said he did. <sighs>
1: I mean, when you make a bomb and put it on his mother's luggage, I think that's
0: planning. Right.
1: <laughs> he said that one I was of the hoping items, maybe, right, she maybe she won't die, but all uh, the others Just will, in case but,
0: uh, it's $37,000 life insurance right. <laughs> will work out. He
1: said that one of the items of evidence the prosecution would produce was a piece of yellow wire... The same type used on the electric dynamite caps. Okay. This piece of wire was the one which had been found in his pocket at the at his uh, home. Dummy. And uh, Prosecution witnesses and exhibits would prove that Graham had bought about twenty five six of dynamite, a timer and battery, and the dynamite caps which he placed in his mother's luggage. I Means everything you need. Right. The district attorney said that he would also prove the explosion which occurred in the cargo pit number four of the airliner had been caused by dynamite. Right, because they still got to prove that. Right. And could have been caused by nothing else, right? So yeah, so right now, right, there's still a case for this guy because they need to prove that right. dynamite no was matter, the cause of the explosion.
0: No matter if if he uh, if he says it or not, right, you still it's need to the have the jury evidence be like, eh, I don't think he's, I think he's lying, just, he's right. right, right. The foundation testimony concerned the jurisdiction of the Denver District Court to hear the case, the flight scheduled of the United Airlines mainliner, and identification of Mrs. Daisy E. King's photograph. Mm. Testimony established that Mrs. King and her luggage were on the airplane when it left Stapleton Airfield in Denver on the 1st of November. I would assume so. All right.
1: The ground crew personnel uh, testified that the airplane was functioning properly when it took off from Denver. Six state witnesses described the explosion of the DC-6B airliner at 7:03 p.m. a few miles east of Longmont, Colorado. United Airlines employees, Civil Aeronautics Board investigators and a Douglas Aircraft Corporation engineer testified introducing testimony describing the crash scene removal of bodies preservation of, and identification of pieces of wreckage and removal of the wreckage three of these witnesses testified that the explosion had taken place in cargo pit number 4
0: oh, okay
1: so everything's uh so everything's everything's shaping up the way the FBI has pieced together, right. and the the prosecutors have put together so right. far.
0: Well, on the ninth day of trial, the spotlight shifted to federal court for a hearing on a defense motion to eliminate FBI testimony and evidence. Why? Oh, oh, the defense attorneys contended that the FBI testimony was illegal. Why? That Graham had not been advised of his they rights before said he, he was. signed his confession. Didn't they just say he was? And that's what they said. They before. said he advised
1: them of right. his uh, right. right to go for an attorney, and, he and said all that.
0: whatever, I'm gonna do it. Right. And that it had been obtained under duress. Oh, well, anybody can no. say that.
1: They probably were like, "You piece of shit, you killed your mother. We know you did." Right. We know we we've all seen the confession tapes right. of uh, cops. There, they do some shit.
0: Right. It was contended that Graham's home had been searched and evidence obtained without his consent. Oh, you don't. Why did you need consent? The federal judge dismissed the motion, following testimony by FBI agents that Graham had been fully advised of his rights yes. and had been mistreated. Had not been mistreated during his questioning before he signed the confession. He goes, "That's a, just a, a blatant lie, s- judge." Stupid. The agents all lie on right. defense attorneys. They're like, "We have, uh, we got eight wager waivers of search, right? Which uh, Graham You've had signed, signed everything,
1: right? Under duress,
0: judges like this trial will continue. Yes, it will."
1: I mean, defense attorneys—they got to do what they can. Right. Uh, an FBI laboratory expert identified the gray deposits on the airplane parts from the area of the cargo pit as the residue left by the explosion of dynamite. Obviously. He also identified a number of pieces of metal and carbon, which had been found in the wreckage and debris of the crash, as having come from a particular type of battery. Right. Which uh, he already said he purchased the battery. He so did. The FBI agent testified that the wire found in Graham's shirt pocket during the search of his home was identical and all examinal, examinable. Examinable respects with wire from an electric dynamite cap
0: okay so okay well we also got the loaner of electric company testified the The loner the owner of the of the electric company that testified graham had come to him early in october and offered to work at a normal wage to get more experience graham had been hired and had worked for one week on the final day of his employment he had asked his employer what timing devices he carried saying that he needed a timer which we'd use with a battery And which would be, would it not exceed two hours? Something less than two hours. I need a battery with it. Mm. What do you got?
1: That's red flags immediately, but hey,
0: whatever. Right. Well, uh, he said he told Graham to go to an appliance store where he could get a timer operated with a spring. Got to get the one with the spring, though, he said.
1: Get spring loaded. Right. A salesman for the Denver Electric Wholesale House testified he had sold Graham a 60-minute timer during the latter part of October that Graham had represented himself as an employee of the Colorado-Texas pump company in
0: order to purchase the timer. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like They're not just going to sell a timer like that to anybody.
0: Right. A credit manager from a Denver, Colorado Chevrolet company testified that Graham had been unable to pay a $50 deductible item on an insurance loss on his 55 Chevy, which they had repaired as a result of an accident. Graham had told the manager that his bank account was held jointly with his mother and was all tied up at the point. Graham had they commented on how easy it would be to blow up an airplane. Oh.
1: <laughs> what an idiot! Yeah, Why is. would he say that? He's like, you know, he's like, I don't got the money right now. He's like, bank. you see the way my bank account works, and he's like, up. he's like, well, you know, how uh, easy it would be to blow up an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, uh Kane, right. What, what does they have to do with your uh, right. deductible you $50 here? Fifty dollars for your <laughs> right. truck. We just need
0: fifty bucks, bud. Right. Yeah, had estimated <laughs> that it would take about two gallons of nitro nitro nitroglycerin. Jeez. He's like, you know what it would take though—two gallons of nitroglycerin. <laughs> yeah. He had observed the manner in which luggage was handled at Stapleton Airport. He said, and it would be easy for someone to place a bomb on an airplane. Oh, he goes, i God. watched. He's telling
1: those all guys. this to the—why is he telling us to a <laughs> random credit
0: manager <laughs> at a Chevrolet company? He's like, sir, I just need fifty dollars for you to take your truck <laughs> home. Like, but... <laughs> like, we,
1: what is this, sir? Just 50, do you have Come the fifty dollars or not? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> why did this guy like call the local police or something? Like, this guy, I just wanted a $50 conductor, right? About, and he's telling the- me how uh it's easy to blow up a plane, like, what is nitroglycerin and all that good stuff? <laughs> I right. don't even know what that is. The prosecution rested its case on the afternoon of the 15th day of the I trial. I would too, after <laughs> that, <laughs> like, yeah, like this is over with. i was <laughs> just looking at the jury uh, and be like, like, hey man,
0: <laughs> hey man. <laughs> And Approximately, then, and, then, and then Graham looked at the jury and be like, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: hey, what do you want? What do you want? From me? <laughs> Guess they got me. <laughs> yeah. Approximately eighty different witnesses had testified and introduced one hundred seventy-four exhibits during the they course were of the on this. I know. The defense rested its case after having called eight defense w- witnesses. Who the, <laughs> Who the hell defended him? Who the hell defended him? Oh, jeez! During the course of the prosecution testimony, Graham had made statements to the press. His first
0: grade best friend,
1: right? No, he was, cool he was, back always was always a good guy. He always shared uh, his gummy worms with me, right. and you know, I never had a problem with him. Yep. Uh, why are they letting him talk to the press, anyways? <laughs> they didn't care. During the course of the prosecution testimony, Graham had made statements to the press saying that when he took the stand, he would refute their testimony. Tell the truth and clear himself. However... However... He refused to testify all on his all on his own behalf, and none of the eight witnesses called on could ever offer any evidence rebutting the testimony and evidence that Graham had placed a dynamite bomb in his mother's luggage. So the defense witnesses did nothing.
0: They did. Did you see him not? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Did you? Were you there the day he took his mother to the airport? No. no. <laughs> How long was it... After you've seen him, a couple weeks. Can you
1: tell me what was in the uh, Christmas package? No. No.
0: No. Can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> all I know is Jack Graham's a good guy. <laughs> well, <thanks. laughs> thank you for your honesty. He's always helped me out when needed. 5th of May, 1956, after being out of courtroom for deliberation. One of
1: them's, uh, one of them's, one of them's the uh, nitroglycerin salesman, and <laughs> Graham, he's always been a good guy to me.
0: All <laughs> 5th right. of May, 1956, after being out of the courtroom for a deliberation for about 69 minutes nice. The jury found Graham guilty of murder in the first degree and recommended the penalty of death.
1: Death. I'm under, I don't understand why they didn't charge him with the other 43 murders.
0: Right. Two of the Graham's attorneys filed a motion for a new trial. I'll put new trial for what? Right. 15th of May, 1956. The judge denied. Damn right he did. At this time, Graham took the stand and said that he did not wish a new trial, nor did he want his case reviewed by the state Supreme Court. His attorneys had filed this motion without his permission or consent. He's like, nah, man. I'm done. I don't want none of this. Done. Judge is like, Are you sure? He's like, Yeah. I don't want none of this. He's like, Are you sh- positive? He's like, Yes. yes. Are you really po- Yes.
1: <laughs> well, the judge sentenced Graham to be put to death during the week of August 26, 19th. Dang, they didn't even
0: wait. Did usually they get years.
1: The day, the hour, and the minute to be selected by the warden of the Colorado State Penitentiary in Cannon City, Colorado. The Colorado Supreme Court stayed the execution of Graham on August 8th. After two of his attorneys filed a former record of appeal, again, against no. his wishes. On October... Oh, so he went past the date. Uh-huh. On October twenty second, 1956, yeah. the Colorado Supreme Court confirmed the lower court decision and set the execution for the week ending January 12, 1957. At least they gave him a couple more months. Mm. Graham was executed in the gas chamber at the Colorado State Penitentiary on Friday, January 11, 1957, and was pronounced dead at 8.08 p.m. Mm. They should have timed it so he died at the same time the plane exploded. Right. Which was 7.07 p.m. It took
0: him eight minutes to die from the gas. Yeah, Usually, okay, they right. do it at the top of the hour.
1: I would assume, right? They All probably right. did it at like
0: eight. and no, probably that, slowly went in there. Yeah. breathe that gas in for a while. Mm. And just died. cray Gray. <sighs> Dang. But <sighs> this guy. This
1: whole case was just stupid. The whole. I didn't think this guy was going to be like that.
0: Yeah, he's a weirdo, dude. Right. Didn't,
1: uh, I still don't understand why they didn't charge him for the other 43 deaths.
0: Nothing makes sense about this at all.
1: Not to mention the defense attorneys. Let's put these defense uh, witnesses on board that are going to help us out at nothing. They're going to do nothing for us. Oh my gosh, this whole thing was idiot uh, defense attorneys. This is stupidity. The FBI actually. I can find nothing that the um, FBI or the authorities did wrong in this case. No. It all went pretty smoothly.
0: I was surprised as well. From November to.
1: Well, I guess it was almost two years. A year and uh, a year and two months he was dead afterwards, which is pretty damn short for usually people on death row and right. getting the death sentence and right. stuff.
0: So I mean, well kudos.
1: Yeah, kudos to uh the the uh the system work this time, huh? Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Um flight bombing, flight two six twenty nine bombing, nineteen fifty five, November first. It's what it is right there. And like I told you guys in the last week's episode Told you it took some twists and turns, and this Quicks. guy is a uh, this guy is a uh, he's a murderer. Yeah, I don't know what the hell was happening. He he's probably did murderer. He obviously had something wrong in his head, but not enough that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. That he was could have I been declared. Guarantee mentally Ill. you,
0: if his wife wrote a book because she was with him most of the time, so she's seen sorry, some crazy stuff. She really hasn't said or anything. Right? Was I mean,
1: it, Did his wife testify? No, I don't think so. She, well, I don't think you can testify against your. No, that's uh, husband, right. Yeah, wife I guarantee anyway, so. you, there's
0: some crazy stuff there. Right. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it, like a diary of her or something. Man, she had to come out sooner or later.
1: Or that, or she, she was like, "I'm done with that, the whole or, situation." Yeah, was like, Please leave me alone. Right. I don't have anything else to do with I, this. I'm
0: ashamed to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm.
1: She was mm. like, "One thing." She's like, "One thing." I will say though, is I had a pretty good keen uh, eye measurement on that uh, package. Give me some credit on that one. 18 inches
0: long. and I'm not even going to talk about the package you gave his mother. Boom. Talk about the package you gave me.
1: Bada bing. Bada boom. With that, we will end this episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers. Bombing of six, Flight 629.
0: Long schlong Graham. Long schlong Graham. Yeah, he is a dirty he, man. He is a
1: dirty man. Oh, man. He's, he's a dead man now. Mm. And uh, with that... I think we'll be back next
0: week. So, who gets the thirty-seven thousand dollars life insurance? Nobody. Next weekend, I don't think it gets paid out. I think has to. he got. I mean, it's a. It's. But I don't think it gets paid out if it's in malicious. Wrongful, wrongful death. Wrongful death. One who's going to sue? Malicious ways. Who's going to sue? Family members. The insurance company. <laughs> Family members. Yeah, but the insurance company is going to sue. Probably. Like, no, so, nah, we can't give you this type of money. Not doing that. Yeah.
1: No. Um. Yeah, I think we'll be back next week for Hell's Angels. That's not set in stone yet. Either way, we will be back next week as we always are back every single week with Outlaws and Gunslingers. Either Hell's Angels, maybe we'll do Watergate. We got we got a couple things down uh our sleeves for Just think about the next guys, couple of weeks. We
0: haven't even touched the mafia
1: yet. Not touched the mafia mm. yet. We got lots of lots of stuff to go before the mafia. But yeah, join us next week for either Hells Angels, Watergate. Who knows? But if you guys are interested in the Civil War, we also have a show on the Bang Dang Network. Our battles of the American Civil War Where we go from first battle to last battle We do And break down the uh, Not every show Not not every show Just (laughs) battle by battle obviously Chronological order From first battle to last battle And uh, we relive the atrocities And the bloodiness of the American Civil War Episode by episode Battle by battle That's on the Bang Dang Network And yeah We will be back next week For another edition of Outlaws and Gunslingers Where the Mouth of Michiganders Bang Dang